0: You know, every time you invest your valuable resources of time, money, and energy and efforts that focus on the wrong things or that keep your business from growing, you not only miss out on the financial fulfillment of those efforts, but there's always a less obvious impact. I mean, most of us do what we do, at least partially, because it serves our customers in our own special and unique way. But have you ever considered that by not maximizing your potential, you're also not able to serve or help as many people as you otherwise could? Yeah, it's not the first thing that we think of when we falter or struggle. But for today's guests, it matters a lot. I've been fortunate to have a friendship with Gretchen and Bobby Harttown for almost a decade. And I was thrilled when they agreed to join us for an episode of the Clearing Obstacles podcast. This conversation about their real estate agency, Go Big Island Life, gives us a deeper insight to how their acute strengths as humans not only serve their professional lives, but how, like all of us, our strengths can sometimes get in our way. So we discuss a couple of strategies on how to leverage those attributes and bring more value to their relational skills by one, improving their focus, and two, by leveraging the concept of the buyer's journey in their own marketing. So this is one of our longer episodes and I think you'll find it worth every second. I can't wait for you to get a glimpse of how these common themes for business owners apply to their heartful passion of sharing the big island life with others. Oh, and as a side note, if you have a minute to go to clearingobstacles.com to download the graphic that we reference in today's episode 11, it might help you to follow along. Not necessary, but it might be helpful. And I also think you'll find your own use for it as well. All right, enough set up. Let's get to it and help you get there from here. Welcome to Clearing Obstacles, the podcast for leaders and those that want to be. You know, it can be a lonely journey when you find yourself confronted by challenges in business. So get ready to take a journey with me as together, we'll hear the stories of real life business owners and begin to unpack some common business challenges from real life situations in a way that's both relatable and actionable for you. We bring to bear decades of entrepreneurial and coaching experience and a full toolbox of resources as we introduce you to those professionals who, like yourself, are working hard to build a healthy business and a healthy team. But then we'll also share the way out of those struggles by clearing the obstacles at their origins, helping you get there from here. Welcome to the Clearing Obstacles podcast where we help you get there from here. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of of introducing you to a couple of dear friends, longtime friends, as well as some incredibly lovely humans if you ever get a chance to meet them or you're on the big island of Hawaii, Uh, look them up. It is Gretchen and Bobby Harttown. And um, I'm gonna let them do a little bit of an introduction about themselves. And uh, we'll jump right in. Guys, wonderful, wonderful to see you and great to have you on the the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having us.
0: And welcome to Harttown. Welcome to Heart Town. Thank you. I, <laughs> I feel the love already. <laughs> Let's just start by just tell us a little bit about what you do, what your business is, the name of it. Just give us a brief description of of what we'd be looking for here. Who should
1: they, Who should we ask? Oh, you should, because I got
2: I just got stuck in Heart Town. Actually, no, because oh. I, I wonder if anybody's watching or thinking Heart Town. It's a little glitchy, slitchy, like kind of weird and <laughs> So it's really not heart like a heart, even though it is. Gretchen was Gretchen Hartrick with a previous marriage, and I was. Bobby Townsend was my given name, and when we came together, we mashed up our name: the H A R T of Heart Trick and the T O W N of Townsend, and that's where
0: Heart Town, Heart Town comes from. Beautiful! So One of the many Broadway. things I love about you
2: guys—you
0: <laughs> you are just singular in the way that you approach freaking everything. Absolutely. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about the business. Yeah,
1: so our, so we are real tours mm-hmm. here on the Big Island of Hawaii. We specialize in the whole island. We live specifically in Waikaloa Resort. Mm. So that has become a a fun and interesting specialty. But so many people start out their journey of considering the big island and don't know where they want to live. So one of the things that we do right from the beginning is help them in, 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 discovering that, I mean, there are like 11 of the 13 climate zones here on the island. Nice. In the
2: world. Gosh, there's so much here. Yeah.
1: yeah. Every district of the nine districts are distinctly different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are lava zones and there's jungle and there's almost desert. So we really help people determine what area might be best, even before we start looking specific specifically at homes.
0: Great. Great. Oh, it sounds like a, a an interesting distinction or differentiator between you and other agencies. Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's a, there's a number of agencies that really focus on luxury. We have a lug, luxury aspect and we work with, you know, the homes. Up to, yeah. $10, it's $10, $20 bad. million dollars and, um, you know, on the water and in gated communities. And we also work to support uh, families who are looking to find their best place here as mm-hmm. the island economy shifts and as the economy overall shifts and changes and people <laughs> find it I need to move to one place or another, whether it's family or business reasons, or so we really love being all, all aspects.
0: Yeah. You know? Now, now it's relatively new, your agency, right? How long have you guys been there doing what you're doing?
1: Well, we moved to the island four years ago, actually this month, four years ago.
0: Hey, congrats. So
1: yeah. And, and I started out in real estate as soon as we moved here mm-hmm. and uh, a career shift, you know, as you know, from, okay. from a family-owned business, operating a family-owned business in Oregon. Uh-huh. And Bobby was still working remote. And so he continued to do that until a year ago this month when he, I had built up the business enough that uh, he was able to join and we could have it as our sole income.
0: Wonderful.
2: Yeah, we came to the island with really the idea to, to we, we were attracted here by a long term realtor, actually a third generation realtor here, her mother, father and her grandmother were all combination of either commercial realtors in Florida or, or big realtors in L.A. And her mother had been here for a long time. And so she attracted us to the island and said, I think it would be a really good fit. And so the first thing we did is while Gretchen was getting her Hawaii real estate license, as we started a business, a property care business for for homeowners, oh, living. Right the island. It was, yeah, it was, um, this is a time for you to step in seamlessly and say the name of the heart town business. property care. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> heart town property care. And it was for, it was for, again, remote owners who didn't see their properties regularly. So we would, we got to know the island by, we, we found a number of clients and we cared for their properties and did regular inspections and, and reporting and engaged in, in a similar to real estate aspect. Yeah. Well was building up her capacity and her, her licensing to uh to do real estate here
0: what a great foray into that as a business it kind of it, like you said it introduces you to the region and contacts and and some of the different dynamics that that um property and real estate owners already have
2: right. yeah i had had you know i had a, a landscape restoration and tree business both uh cultivating uh growth of trees and vegetation as well as Um, redoing uh, properties uh, in in a real kind of economic, uh, I'm sorry, environmentally conscious way. Mm -hmm. And so it was interesting to come here. And that was a great way with that background to observe what's happening on the landscape on properties, how to manage water systems, what things homeowners need to be aware of, what are kind of particular um, issues that can arise for homeowners uh, on the island, because they have a very, very distinct environment here. Yeah, and and things who are mainland folks who want to come over here and buy property and don't really get there's 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 a lot to it and so we got we had a really kind of
0: a a deep dive into caring for property uh on this island what i know about the two of you is you're incredibly diverse and very rich backgrounds it's got to i mean look i'll be on the lookout for a book if you ever decide to write one because i'm sure it's going to be enthralling and so and i say that sincerely but So you both come from very diverse backgrounds and it sounds like it really contributes to your industry knowledge, like the specialty of what you're doing there.
1: It does. We, we both have, we were just talking earlier today about, I mean, it's a tough number to say, but we both have about together about 60 years of business experience combined. Nice. nice. And, and from anywhere to, you know, from retail to, to this property management to sales and marketing, mm-hmm. and and now you know adding real estate and to that portfolio. Bobby has a lot of logistics
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um,
2: compliance. You know, working as as you know, Dan mm-hmm. is working the international uh, alcohol company, importing mm-hmm. and and managing for the compliance of you know selling to high end, highly alcohol. regulated stuff. Mm-hmm. alcohol so, so I, and we both and Gretchen was really engaged in a lot of the negotiations. Her family business was a 27 year you know business for business to business call center. So a mm-hmm. lot of sales a lot of you know 100 plus employees, a lot of things to manage in terms of all of that. So we both really have a keen sense for whether it's negotiating contracts, um, attention to detail, yeah. uh, have foresight in circumstances that arise, the need for clear and consistent communication. Uh, you know, when you're buying a property from across the ocean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of things that can get into the way.
0: Yeah. Um, communication is paramount.
1: And one of the other beautiful things about, you know, communicating with clients, because, you know, there are times in real estate that, that you're standing in the middle of of relational issues where maybe partners who are looking at homes disagree on certain aspects Mm. or, or you have, you know, there are times where we represent the buyer and the seller Mm. and we've got to figure out ways to get everyone to come together. And so training in, in communication and negotiations, nonviolent communication, Mm -hmm. uh, conflict resolution, which, which we've, we've both done a lot of work in really actually aids us in our client relations and in the negotiation pieces as well, I'll keeping bet. everything nice and calm, keeping it from getting personal. It, this is a negotiation and managing
2: perspectives. Like yeah. what's what's the end result? Are you being, right. being clear, helping people be identifying what's the finals. What, where are we trying to get to? Mm-hmm. And 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 what are the things that come up? Very much like the work you do, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of uh, overcoming obstacles. Yeah. Uh, what do you see as where you think we're going? And so we make sure we identify the clear end goal in mind and how we get there is as important to where and when we get there for us. I mean, it's really important to be a certain manner of engagement and truth telling in a, in a compassionate and yet sometimes compartmentalized and clear manner. Yeah. Yeah. We we really, and we just, we really dig on that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know it so aligns with what, I mean, I see, I, I just see this as a great fit for you guys. Okay, so we painted a great picture of who you are and how you fit into your business. Let's as, candid- as candidly as as you can describe the state of the business today. I mean, we're not in the easiest market right now. At least, uh, I'm not sure specifically with Hawaii, but in general, real estate. I mean, we've seen you know what four plus points of interest rate bump in the past you know two two three years. I mean, we're we're seeing obviously challenging situations. So, how is the business right now? What's the what's the current status and health?
1: So it's growing
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and building and we are you know we really have kind of two different well we have more than two different facets but the main two on that topic are we have the work that we're doing with our clients and then we have the behind the scenes the building of how do we address those issues that you're talking about yeah. how do we how do we just keep really engaged and knowledgeable about specifically the Hawaii market but sometimes other states too we have clients who are trying to sell homes in other markets
2: uh-huh. And folks who have investment properties in different states who are buying or selling their investment properties in those states in order to buy or sell their properties for investment reasons here and so mm-hmm. again it kind of allows for us to, to to navigate a great deal of things that capture our interest um, but I think you know it's really important to identify the Gretchen came in in her first her first year, was it your first year? Second year. Second year uh, into this brokerage because she came in and started with with a friend's brokerage and, and it was an enormous opportunity and found that it was just a better fit to have more back-end, a larger international kind of company with more training and back-end opportunities than the small little brokerage she was working with originally. She stepped into that brokerage and in her first year, year and a half was a uh, what, four plus million uh, dollars uh, in, in sales. Mm-hmm. And so she was an award winner at that, for Better Homes and Gardens, it's referred to as a gold level. They've got, mm-hmm. you know, five or six different levels, and emerald, uh, platinum, gold, silver, and and Gretchen came in as an immediate player um her very first year and last year uh again an award winner uh j- off a little bit i think in sales uh, just between 3 and 4
1: million well the difference between the market of 2021 and the market of 2022 <laughs> sure yeah uh, so.
2: but just to, but just to identify that the business uh, is growing and sure. and we want to grow it and yet Gretchen really hit her hit the ground with her feet running and yeah. um and established we'll talk a little bit about how we market and as we get into some of the obstacles, because that's a place where we really want to work. But her ability to reach out and engage people through whether it's social media or through what we do is just meeting people at the pool or going out to the beach or when we're shopping. We just say, you know, I mean, we just love meeting people and and finding out how we can connect and and make a difference. And it's really been uh, interesting to see the wide range of where our businesses come from.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised that you you just jumped right in with both feet and had that kind of success right from the beginning, Gretchen. What do you see as far as your vision? Where do you want to take this thing?
1: I, one of the things that we've been talking about as far as our marketing is to be really impactful in the community, and that's how we want to market—like not necessarily, you know, marketing in door knocking and calling, etc. But but to make an impact in the community and have that be our marketing and you know, we, we both love planning events. We love, we love bringing people together. We love bringing, you know, networking and those can all be really viable forms of marketing. And so our vision is to have this real estate business continue to grow while we're continuing to absolutely love how we do it. Mm-hmm. And, um and to have it be enough to support the lifestyle of, you know, it's expensive to live in Hawaii, but we also love to travel mm-hmm. and, and we love to, we love adventure and, and we love, we love to, to we, eat. We, and, 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 <laughs> and so we want to support all of that. Yeah.
2: And we, and we love to have the opportunity to, to tithe and to give back. Mm-hmm. And so to, to make, to have the business be profitable enough to where all along the way, we're able to support the things that we identify. I mean, this is, this is a new, a new place for us. Yeah. You know, we, we traveled to Hawaii. Gretchen's daughter Taylor played volleyball here at University of Hawaii mm-hmm. in Hilo many years ago, and so we've we've had some some touch-ins. But in terms of like developing some roots and understanding where we can give back to this beautiful place because it is it's literally a paradise. Yeah, yeah. And for us to be able to be here, you know, to get here and kind of scramble a bit to make it work and to find clients and do things. We we've done that. And I think one of the things for us now, as Gretchen mentioned, trying to find a way to engage and connect in the community mm-hmm. while living in what we live in the resort mm-hmm. area is that's that's a bit of a challenge. Yeah. And so how find the places where we can authentically and genuinely inquire and find out where can we make a difference in a, in a place that has such diversity. Hawaii has has the greatest diversity of any state in the union. How do we find how do we find the channel to focus on and to do that regularly? Yeah and consistently and then be able to step back and review okay we've been doing these things regularly and consistently one are they in alignment with who we are yeah and two are they getting are we getting the results that we're that we want to get there
0: you go let's narrow in on that focus a little bit what what i know about you guys it doesn't surprise me at all is is it's very values forward it's it's the process and the purpose behind all of it that's again not surprising at all knowing the two of you as i do let's hone in a little bit on the results that you're looking for is there a any particular
1: revenue target commission income goal uh we set early in the year at two hundred thousand.
0: okay combined for the for the for the agency okay how close are you are you on target for that we're uh, the time of this recording we're almost halfway through the year yeah we were
1: super on target in our first quarter quarter okay And and then we had like three deals just for bizarre reasons fall out of escrow. (laughs) That's real
0: estate baby. (laughs) Right. Oh
1: so exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's Uh, why it's why we set the target high.
0: Yeah.
2: Honestly. Uh, you know, I mean, Gretchen's going from commission number and I was going on gross sales. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually it identifies that there's a place for the two of us to get aligned. on how are we managing our, our our analytics and what are the targets and the key performance indicators that we're looking to identify and to get aligned on those? Mm-hmm. Um,
0: that's, that's a good start. <laughs> it is. Do you have anybody else working for you? We have a
1: transaction coordinator who she's also a contractor. Okay. And so she just comes into play once we have a deal in escrow. She comes in and she handles all the deadlines. Make sure you know all the documents are signed and in order. We review all the documents. We still write. We still create the contracts.
0: Right. right. So kind of an administrative role.
1: Um, and, and exactly. So she's our
0: administrative support, and that's, and that's a fee for service. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Do you have a Do you have any uh, expectations or or vision of uh, having other agents working for you or other employees?
2: We're really not at this point. Haven't been particularly team oriented. Uh-huh. There's a lot of a lot of that movement in the industry mm-hmm. and uh, we, have, we're focusing on getting ourselves squared away. Okay. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I, I've managed up to 120 employees. Yeah. Not particularly interested in that it, because, because that actually then becomes the job. Sure. Right. So now, and 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 I don't see it unless you build up quite large or you have incredibly successful agents yeah. within your brokerage, it's not a passive income. Right, right. And it pulls away from your ability to do the work that you need to do. I, I mean, we were just talking with a broker, no names mentioned, who has a large brokerage, and, and that person said that they still have to make their own money that the brokerage really just supports the brokerage right. and, and the cost of doing business. Yeah. And there's not a huge amount of profit from that. So we really love work-life balance. Yeah. I am not a work yeah, we <laughs> and,
2: and we're in early autumn. I mean, I'll speak to, uh, I'm in early autumn of my, of my life cycle <laughs> and, and I don't, I yeah. don't have that same kind of juice, I, you know, in terms of like to to grow and grow and grow. We one of the reasons we're here, and one of the things that we work with our clients, what we tend to align with is that people are coming here for lifestyle reasons. Yeah. They're here for what they love about what's here, and and we want to live that that certain lifestyle. Yeah, and we're not interested in working
0: seventy hours,
2: ninety hours a week. Yeah, I've yeah. Done right
0: yeah, there's a given a take with both and 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 frankly you know for for the purposes of a conversation like this on the clearing obstacles podcast there is no prerequisite you have to be a certain you know revenue uh, number or a certain number of employees look running a business is running a business they all have all of their own you know unique dynamics to them and and so just say that upfront. You guys, you guys fit the profile perfectly because you're. It's still going concern all of the same. Aside from team management per se, all of the same dynamics apply, and so right. so just to get that out of the way, that there's no prerequisite to like what what actually fits this format because everything else is pretty much hand in to a conversation like this on on the podcast. So tell us if you would, as you see it, what do you think are the biggest obstacles to you guys getting let's just say a three-year vision. Do you have a three-year vision? So you've got this, you've got this net net profit target for this year of about, of about 200 K what's a three-year vision? I mean, are you fine and just holding steady with that? Do you want to build that? obviously, you know, you wouldn't complain if, if you had a half million year next year or this year, but do you have like a three or a five, 10 year target, anything like that a little further down the line?
2: We, 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 we've discussed it loosely mm-hmm. and we get the value of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these are some of, some of the obstacles for us is getting clarity on, you know, creating a clear plan sure. and then review periodically. Oh, are we on target for that plan? And so we, we really don't, we've been, a, we've been pretty much a year by year focused okay. and, we're aware that that's, you know, that's something that we're very much interested and and committed to developing clear, sharper picture of where we want to be
0: in, and, and how to get there Mm -hmm. in five years, Mm -hmm. 10 years. Mm -hmm. Cool. What do you think is the, let's take this year by year. Let's say, let's say we were just to extend this out as a, as a three year, you want to hit that, that net profit target, say just for the next three years, just to sustain it, especially in a market that's as volatile as real estate. What do you think stands in the way? What what's what are the predominant obstacles as far as you see it?
1: Focus. For me,
0: focus. Focus. Just,
1: yeah. I, you know, there's there's so many things in, in having your own real estate business. There's so many things to do. Uh-huh. And there are so many things that to determine: Are we going to hire out for that? Are we going to buy software for that? Are we going to get an app for that? How how are we going to manage all of these details? Mm-hmm. And 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 long term forecasting tends to just get put on the back burner because all of the all of the front burner items mm-hmm. require our full attention.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's
1: why calls or emails,
2: right? So I mean, somebody who's who's at the next deal uh, can show up and, and it can be really easy to focus on that in terms of just generating revenue in the immediate term, as opposed to how can I do that effectively? How can I, how can I not always be responding to the immediate need and, and paying attention to like, how, how do we create the larger,
0: uh, uh, kind of mission? Yeah. I'm going to propose this uh, throughout the conversation, try and sort of frame the things that we talk about as. Balancing the short mid and long- term value of what we're talking about, that is to say, if there are things that you're putting in place today to manage the almost the moment moment stuff that you're contending with, the focus that may draw your focus or distract you from from certain objectives, how in the process of putting those things in place, can you leverage those for long-term strategy as well? So just just trying to draw that frame briefly to to be thinking about that and and any listeners listen for the ways as well for you that you can leverage the things that you're doing currently and in a way systematize them and and make sure that they're going to be applicable to your business 6 months from now maybe even 6 years from now so you're not reinventing the wheel every single month just putting out another fire putting out another fire because you've you've established some continuity to the systems that you have embraced and, and actively implement in your business, right? So, uh, as we're talking about some of those, just be thinking about them in, in short, mid, and long term value as well. So that's a distraction for, or that's a, an obstacle for you, Gretchen. It's the focus. It's making sure that you are attending to the things that need your attention the most, right? Is, is that fair to say? That is fair to say. Is yes. that different for you, Bobby?
2: So I know I, I I I align with that uh, obstacle. because there's a lot of different places where I can go in terms of what I think are the issue or where we should be. And, and this, the, the lack, the the inability to really nail rail and focus on one and try it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so much in the realm of possibility all the time. Oh, well we could do that. This looks like it could be really great. And that, Looks like it could be really great, and oh, and this would work for our three-year plan or five-year plan. So, yeah, I, I would and then say somebody
1: calls, and he, yeah, I, th- I think a
2: right great place to start is just is just uh, is focus, and and like what is like how to cultivate a plan, and and we've we've worked with you know we, we've had some support with other whether it's you know webinars or coaches, and we come away with a variety of things to do, and then all of a sudden we'll get swept away into the immediacy, and then two weeks later, oh, what happened to that? program where we were consistently recording how many outbound calls we made or how many, you know, emails did we send out to prospects or how many, you know, business owners did we engage in? Because what we wanted to do was to get uh, connected with the community. And so we were going to do video interviews with, with a number of, of, uh, you know, weekly uh, businesses. Right. and, And Oh, we've got open houses on the other side of the island, so we're go over there. And then two weeks later, oh, we didn't set up an appointment for that interview. And so, so like that, in a nutshell, yeah. is like really kind of how to hone in that where to get some accountability or some how can we be our own support accountability within our relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, for anyone who's working with their life partner. Mm-hmm know that you know i can have an insight this is something that i see that maybe gretchen is doing or that we're doing together that all of a sudden oh that that's out of alignment with what we said previously right. that we want to be doing right but if i say that in a manner like that's receptive or that's compassionate or that's not charged. Yeah. Then yeah.
1: suddenly we're in conflict resolution mode. <laughs> <laughs>
2: then, then the business goes sideways, you know, gets gets off track again. So it's like how to establish, you know, a a really kind of a compartmentalized, balanced, yeah.
0: rigorous accountability yeah. program. Yeah. I I'll say up front. Uh, find a group or a coach or a, somebody that can hold your feet to the fire and and pin you down on your commitments and and then support you in achieving those commitments. It usually comes from an external source, right? That's right. one of the challenges of of a family dynamic or having a business where there's a family dynamic is we're we're juggling those relationships and and they're not always the easiest to compartmentalize, right? It's it's hard to hold accountable your life partner in such a way that again say a third party consultant or business coach or or even a group right if there was an association that you could align with that would say all right what we what was your target over these last two weeks and and how close did you get to hitting them and why or why not right so that's right. it's harder to do that in a family dynamic especially in in a p- partnership dynamic like you guys have okay so i'm going to start by saying obviously some some written goals and written targets in order to have an established true north on your compass for where you're going. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the best resources available for that, I've, I think I've mentioned it on other podcasts before, is, is um, a book called Essentialism by a guy named Greg McKeown. Um, I read this book, my God, I think seven years ago, and you know I liked it and it was good, but I kind of considered maybe an extension of David Allen's Getting Things Done and, and just better for productivity. And I clearly didn't hear it the way I needed to, and I. And for my experience of it, I'm now on my third reading of it, And it has it's not hyperbolic to say it's been life changing to be able to narrow my focus down to the the absolute essentials of what's most important. And that kind of relentless and and rigorous focus on those priorities requires a certain discipline that is discomfort is, is uncomfortable for anybody, especially anybody who's ambitious. Because it requires that you say no to certain things, to a, lot of things. a lot of things, right? Yeah, yeah to and most everything that's not that. That's not in alignment with that. That's you. not gonna get you there. Even if it's a great new idea, doesn't matter. That's not your focus right now. And great, put a pin in it. We will look at this again in Q3 or Q4. But for the time being, we're now in Q2 and this is the course, this is the trajectory we've set. What, what I know about you guys, one of your incredible strengths is you're both so agile. You can pivot nobody I've ever known. And your, your ability to be flexible and, and modify strategy based on the conditions that are going to pop up in front of you. The challenges are going to pop up in front of you. That agility as a, as a strength, you've heard me say it before. If you listening to any other uh, episode of this podcast, any strength that's overused becomes a weakness, right? And so that agility can, can very quickly devolve into a, a, re, a just an albatross of liability <laughs> around your neck, and so finding a way to put hey, put let's a property
1: management right <laughs> well, let's screw it up. exactly let's, you know, right. Let's go property management. Let's do that. Let's try that. Must, so let's do some interior design. Should, okay, maybe some okay. interior design, right?
0: <laughs> and all of those are intriguing and compelling and promising prospects. They're great potential opportunities, but they're not the one that you committed to focusing on for the time being.
2: But it's so interesting because what it what it what it brings to mind for me is that um, it identifies the willingness to pivot or to be distracted, if you will, from this essential um, uh, thing. That even if we've kind of quietly learned what is our essential, without having the rigor and the accountability to it, the the fear of being bored. You know, it's like, oh, wait, so I do the same thing yeah. over and over again yeah. to be successful. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So it's a like, but I get like, like the, the like, can I feel into the joy of being on the other side of a discipline and having what we want, like being successful and identifying, yeah. oh, that's what we're going after. And then actually see ourselves have that be the success versus the success of, oh, we withstood that storm. Mm. Or, you know, or, or we somehow survived that challenge. How about we execute it on what we identified and, and celebrate that? Celebrate it's, that. It's an interesting, yeah, it's, it's, I appreciate that.
0: It is. And, uh, and it's a hard pivot to make, it, especially for ambitious people, especially for creatives, especially for people who have any kind of entrepreneurial tendencies, that itch. It's, you know, I describe that entrepreneurial tendency as, as, uh, you see something and it seems a bit askew and you're like, you know, somebody should do something, about. Oh, shit, I should do something about that. And off you go, right? That's, that's kind of that entrepreneurial tendency. And I mean, you guys are just chock full of it. And again, a, tr- a fantastic attribute to have, a great strength to have until it's not. And so right, right just finding a way to put a leash on that and, and maybe you can hold each other accountable on that. And, and the best place to start, I wanna emphasize this, is having it in writing. Verbal agreements are terrific and they're a part of the solution, but having, having a clear and defined. um, Not in real
1: estate. It's not in writing. It doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: (laughs) Uh, Adopting that as a, as a premise for, for your own business strategy might be useful, (laughs) but, but getting that stuff down in writing and, and elaborating on it, by the way, as to why that's important and why that's the course of action that you've chosen to take. Again, you guys being so, um, Process conscious. You want it to be a joyful experience. You want it to be values forward. And if you're always distracted by going from one thing to the next to the next, you'll never get enough traction to be able to share the gifts of this profoundly successful uh, real estate agency that and and all of these opportunities. Because right, you're gonna you're not just gonna shortchange yourselves yourselves. You're gonna shortchange those who are the benefactors of your generosity. Right, and right. so just right. it's so easy to get distracted, especially for certain personality types. I'm raising my hand here as well. By the way, uh, that's why that book. Again, just shout out to that yeah, uh, that author. And it's a painful, excruciating process because you have to sacrifice your your most precious ideas. Some of these things that again, they're great ideas. What what we know with with folks like us, there's no shortage of great ideas. That's not the problem. It's it's the ability to focus and 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 drill down into those things and then commit to a certain course of action. That doesn't mean like, no matter what, you're not going to pivot. It just means that the the core target that you are seeking um, is is established and committed to. And again, there's some kind of mechanism to hold one another accountable to to that. So if if Bobby says, I'm going to head off to the other side of the island to look at X, Y, or Z, and that doesn't have anything to do with the trajectory that you committed to, Gretchen, right. to be able and comfortable to say darling <laughs> is 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 this aligned with what what our primary objective is here
2: no it, it's interesting dan because it 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 reflects on like so one of the focuses that we've identified is that you know we live in on the northwest part of the island where there's you know about 9 ten resort complexes that are all within 15 minutes of us uh-huh We've identified that, hey, you know, now that we've gotten some business rolling and we're and we're working and living and like let's let's focus on where we live, you know, yeah. and 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 then but by virtue of what we've had to do to get here to be operating, we then get um uh, uh either referrals or or business comes in for other parts of the island, mm-hmm. which we love because we get to go see other parts of the island. We we right. we'll, we'll, we'll We'll spend the night. We'll, you know, we'll do some things over there and we can work remotely, but it it doesn't, that scenario doesn't allow for us to stay on that goal of, oh yeah, our goal is just for the goal's sakes purpose mm-hmm. um, is to focus on where we live in this resort area complex yeah. for a number of reasons. And so the challenge of saying, oh, well, that's business coming in. Why wouldn't we go take care of that client? Or that potential client, even though it doesn't necessarily align with the goal that we've stated,
0: does that make sense? It does. It does. There are- so it it, it it's-
1: partially aligns because it can it would contribute mm-hmm. right to our revenue mm-hmm. right, but it takes us outside of right.
2: So we the smaller it, so we do that, that, we that and we can quite easily spend two to three days on that particular scenario, and then all of that is time not spent on the stated goal of oh, what are we doing to focus on. You know, here in this particular area. So I can see that there's a way to identify how can we do both and how can we make sure that whatever we're doing, if there's a trade-off, oh, you know what, by virtue of doing this thing mm-hmm. on another part of the island, what am I going to do as an exchange, if you will, or some kind of manner to make sure we're not just throwing out the baby with the bathwater. Yeah. Um, but also saying, okay, good. I'm making a mindful. We're going to do this one thing. And then we're going to do this in order to, to satisfy or to nurture this goal that we've stated.
0: Yeah. I'm going to float this out there and it might get traction. It might not, but I don't know how much, uh, of what you guys do on a day-to-day week to week basis are the things that are not essential that you are the one doing them. Administrative stuff, for example, again, what I know about you is how your ability to cultivate relationships is is your magic wand. That's, that's part of your secret sauce. You're just exceptional at cultivating relationships. And that's exclusive to you. That's a talent that only you can bring to bear in the way that you are, are so capable of. And so if it's required that you're the one doing that, then it probably makes sense for you to engage. Is there any margin in there for you to outsource to either... A part-time executive assistant, administrator—you uh, know, something on uh, like a freelancer Upwork kind of uh, platform. Having somebody do some of the, even if it's five hours a week, that five oh. hours a week might allow you some of that margin to go. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna exchange that five hours a week of knucklehead admin shit for maybe chasing some of those big potential opportunities that might not be perfectly aligned with what the strategy was, but it's valuable enough that I'm willing to pay somebody to do some of the, the tasks that aren't very specific to my role.
1: That's yes. Uh, And that's exactly why we, we decided to go with the transaction coordinator. Great. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, early in their careers would say, no, that like, that's, that's an additional, that's kind of a bonus of once you hit it Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I think it's critical for, for any realtor to go in in their first couple of years and their first multiple contracts and do the work because you have to know how to do the work. For sure. But once, once we had that, we realized how much time in every deal we could save because we're not the ones. Sending emails back and forth, confirming receipts, confirming filing them right. in the right place. Got
2: the signature. Oh, the date's not right on this. You need to correct that. Like all of those kinds of things, which right. we need to pay attention to. Right. But we're not managing those the, the steady stream of emails and phone calls back and forth to book the appointment right. with the inspector. Right. Oh God. Right. Interesting though, What when you say what you're saying will come up, I'm sorry, did you have more to say about that? Go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say one of the other things that title companies are super helpful in that when we need e-blasts and specific types of marketing, you know, the title companies have sales managers who have out, they have outreach managers and they just, you just, basically send them the information they put it together it's free Great. it's like part of their marketing mm-hmm. and, and, so and we do utilize that yeah and, and i think that there's
2: room for us to do more of that mm-hmm. um, because that really is when we talked in some of our questionnaire with you earlier the the, the clear clear marketing plan mm-hmm. you know i i can get that out of this essentialism there will be an opportunity to identify who essentially are we and what essentially are we trying to bring right um and that will support our developing of, of our marketing plan. Because right now, you know, we do a fair bit of marketing, but it, it's it's a little bit by the hip. And and we get a lot of things going and the place of, of not really being able to identify what are we getting from all that. We know that we're getting some things, but how to track it and to keep putting our energy into where we're getting the most results. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, in, in line with kind of what you're saying, what came up earlier for me was was really the use of AI in, in, in writing. Because part of the place where we where we can get stuck is um, we can both be perfectionists in speaking about how we're trying to speak about ourselves or speak about the value that we bring yeah. and why we do it. Or, or, or what property it is that we're, we're wanting to market and sell for someone. And so we can get stuck in just wordsmithing mm-hmm. and and just using it. We've started to dabble
0: in uh, AI mm-hmm. for, for that. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal. It is. It's I mean, a tremendous tool. Requires a specific amount of thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> right. no, you got to drive it. It's a garbage in, garbage out. Absolutely. Right? You got to clearly
2: identify what we're looking for and then hone it
1: periodically. But as you
0: do it more and more, um, I, I just think that there's, there's a big
1: learning curve yeah. on it. Think like you've really got to learn how to do it. There
0: that. is, but so. it's a it's an amazing tool if we're leveraging the right way and still bringing our own voice to it and 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 our own brand to it. I don't want I don't want to go down the AI rabbit hole. This we could right. go crazy on that thing.
1: The other place that we a bookkeeper, someone who's tracking our finances, is the other place that yeah we know that it would be really beneficial and and free us up of of not just time but of noise yep right like th- there's just always for me personally there's always kind of that financial piece yeah. and 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 how we're tracking our finances and how we're tracking our 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 goals yeah. and our revenues and and the money that's going out to all optimizing our text, right,
0: right. Oh, sometimes those distractions true. are energetic distractions as much as the time it's itself
2: Completely I, energetic i distractions. i need to
0: emphasize to the scalability of shaving that kind of time off just uh, uh, I I love making this analogy. Okay, five hours a week. If you could scrape off five hours a week of bookkeeping or managing finance or email responding, whatever, five hours a week, each of you take five hours a week off. That's 10 hours a week between the two of you. 50-ish work weeks a year. That's 500 hours a year that you could put towards other things that are distinctly more suited to your skills, your roles, your talents. Almost two months of productivity that you would free up by bringing somebody else in. It's always, people always look at that as an expense. I always say, perhaps, but look at it first as an investment. Um, that stuff scales so fast. You go, eh, it's just five hours a week. I can pull pull that out of the air. Yeah, but what if you didn't have to? So I don't want to lean too much on that and and advocate for it. You guys will figure out if that actually is right for you and if it fits in your budget and, and there's an appropriate amount of work that that um, you, could, you could find for... Somebody with those talents, um, and frankly, it would probably, if they're an expert at it, it'd take them two hours anyway. What's taking you five? Because that's that's their skill set, right? So let's assume. Uh, let's fast forward and assume you guys have done your homework on that. You found some places where you can uh, leverage other types of labor or contractors or, or some other kinds of skill sets that maybe are not your areas of strength, so that you can now leverage your strengths. Okay. One thing you identified earlier is this marketing piece, and I want to lean into that because I feel like that's the bulk of the juice we're going to squeeze from the fruit today is in the marketing strategy. Tell us a little bit about what you're already doing um, and where it's working and where it's not.
1: So uh, we do a lot of we do a lot of social media media marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, I do some Facebook marketing that's that's not not paid ads and all of that, but more. Uh, you know, we have a Go Big Island site, uh, Facebook, Go Big Island, and we push out data and and some of it's fun information, some of it's facts about moving to the island, mm-hmm. about events that are happening on the island, about real estate. You know, I'll, I'll go live at open houses. I'll highlight some certain houses that I think are really cool and certainly highlighting anything that we've listed or anything that we've sold. Yeah, uh, But also, you know, going into groups that are because we live in such a desirable place, it's really easy to find on Facebook places where people want to move here and they want to live here. They're asking questions about it. Yeah. So then we go, you know, I surf around. um, it, It actually results in me spending probably more time on social media than I would like than I would like uh-huh. and, you can, and, and it's in the comments section which is like the the absolute purgatory of social media <laughs> right like it's where you where you go to get it's where I go to get enraged right it's it's suddenly <laughs> and you lost know, and all you don't yet. know this time, I'll write out a whole comment and then delete it before I ever post it because I just had to say all of that hey, it's cathartic but <laughs> that's right uh but anyway, so so so, you know, we've we've gained several clients and some of them have ended up being really good friends because we began communicating on Facebook about real estate and about moving to Hawaii.
2: How to bring your pet here. What are the areas of the island right. is, right. you know, is there is there really no rabies here? Like what, what is the volcano going to erupt? Like just all the you know, and 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 it's interesting because it's. It's unique. It's and It's a powerful place. And so, right. Yeah. So Gretchen actually, she's done an incredible job of, of just naturally, like I, it would be such an arduous thing for me to do that. Like I, and then I'd be distraught. All of a sudden in no time, I'd be, you know, checking out the, the, the lavender site uh, and, austria because they had pretty colors and,
1: yeah, so, and then so she, was Gretchen, now she's all
0: gone i'll see her tomorrow
1: <laughs> the lavender site in austria <laughs> i'm searching right now is there one i know anyway. so, it's a,
0: it's to all of our listeners of get that. back to the podcast stop searching lavender yeah, yeah. in austria I'm come on come, lavender
1: back. In austria. <laughs> come back to hawaii <laughs>
2: Um, and another thing that we've done is from a marketing perspective, we've created a uh, a newsletter that we put out about every three to five weeks. Um, and it's a casual newsletter, but it has it has some real estate information okay. basics. But it really is more. It starts from a place of lifestyle because we we love being here and we want to project and promote what is this lifestyle.
0: I'm, I want to I want to talk briefly about a concept that uh, given both of your uh, uh, dossiers. I know you're both acutely familiar with, but for our listeners, they might not be as familiar with it. I'm going to share the screen with you guys. For our listeners, it's the content that we're going to share in the show notes here. If you go to clearingobstacles.com, you're going to see this graphic. And it basically represents what's known as the buyer's journey. Um, Other circles known as the customer's journey. There's nothing particularly proprietary about this. Um, It's just kind of universal marketing and, and sales strategy Um, benchmarks. The buyer's journey, again, also known as a customer's journey, because it just seems very applicable to this conversation. So uh, go to clearingopticals.com, find this graphic, and you'll be able to kind of track what we're going uh, over here. It basically describes, for those who uh, want to just keep listening here, it's describing the emotional path that a person takes in any purchasing decision. Right, whether we whether we're aware of it or not, sometimes consciously, sometimes unconsciously, we are ticking off these milestones that we will be emotionally crossing. Again, sometimes they're conscious, sometimes they're not, but we're we have to tick these boxes in order to feel comfortable enough to make a purchase commitment. Now that might be for a sub-sandwich, it might be for a home, it might be for a car, it might be for coaching or consulting services. We're we're crossing this journey if you will, of emotional milestones. And I'll walk you through briefly what it is. Again, I know you guys are already familiar with it, but I have I have an intuition about something and, and I want to run a bite here in a second. But here are the steps. And again, uh, this is kind of a plain vanilla version of it. And um, it's usually best customized to your business and your brand. But here's the gist of it. It always starts with awareness. Your prospects, your potential customers have to even know that you exist. This is kind of the billboard concept, right? It's just, it's a business card. This is me. This is what I do. And I want to make you aware of it. And as as obvious as that sounds, that's again, that's the point of a business card and a billboard. It's not telling you much more than, Hey, we exist. And that's the first step. So as obvious as it seems, we have to make sure that people are aware of this. This is when people buy up ad space or hand out business cards. So there has to be an awareness. The second milestone that, that a potential buyer has to hit is they have to trust you. you have to build rapport just because you have Go Big Island life as a, as a business and this is this thing that you do, they have to trust that you're you know what you're doing, right? You, uh, you're competent in in the trade that they might possibly want to engage with you in. You have, um, uh, you're not a shyster. You're not somebody who's going to take them for their money. You're going to, you're going to deliver on what you promise. And, and so you have to nurture this trust and the rapport with your prospective customers or clients. That's the second one, trust and rapport. The third one tends to be relevance. So, okay, I, I know that you exist. I think you're trustworthy, but do I want to buy property in Hawaii? Do I want, do I, or maybe I just want to, to buy a timeshare instead, is are are the services that you're offering relevant to their reality? That's the third milestone or benchmark that you have to cross as a, as a prospective buyer in, in a situation like this. And then the fourth one tends to be, do they fit? Is there a match here? So yes, I know that you exist. Yes, I trust you. Yes, I want to buy property on Hawaii, but are you my kind of people? Are you the kind of, I mean, there's plenty of brokerages. There's plenty of realtors, I'm sure there. And it's probably, probably even a bit of a crowded industry. And so the potential buyer is trying to determine, do I want to do business with you? Are, are all of these other things I can, I can check off of the milestones, but is there a fit and a match? Will we, will we be simpatico in our business dealing together? And so we're emotionally, again, I don't care what you're buying. If it's a latte, you're gonna. You need to be aware of the of the coffee stand. You have to trust that you're gonna get a good coffee. You have to realize, do I want coffee or mate or tea or maybe I should just make something here? So there's the relevance, and then it is a fit and a match. Do I want to visit, you know, the Starbucks or the small uh, local chain that's here or the small local uh, kind of boutique coffee place that's here? That's that's a fit determination match. It it works with every purchase decision that's being made, and so of course, then at that point. Then it's the conversion. We're kind of going from marketing into the closing of the sale. It's the decision process where they're pulling out their wallet. They're signing up they're They're signing on the dotted line to say, yep, let's do business together. Right. And then that's the decision. Now, that's the buyer's journey. There's that additional element, if we're going to expound upon this, of the customer's journey, where now are you assuring that you're delivering on that promise and actually fulfilling on what they gave you their hard earned money for? And that's, that's a really important element to this conversation. Let's, we might include it in today's chat and we might not, but that delivery on the promise really matters because that's where the reconversions and the referrals come in and the reconversions and referrals basically check off every single one of the, the milestones in a buyer's journey. Because if you guys tell me, oh my gosh, you got to check out this new coffee joint you've made me aware, I trust you. So I trust them. I realize it's relevant because you know me, you know, it'd be a good fit in a match that right there, that referral automatically ticks off every one of those boxes. So that's why they're really, really powerful in the overall customer journey, not necessarily the buyer's journey. Okay. So that's the, again, I I know I'm telling you guys nothing that is new information to you, but just to bring our listeners up to speed, because here's, here's the, the tickle that's in my, tummy about this one. Are you guys clear in everything that you're doing in your marketing, what milestone you are addressing with that particular engagement? So if you're going to uh, uh, a local mixer, what are you doing? Are you there to build trust and rapport? Are you there to discuss the fit and the match? If you're uh, engaging in social media and you're posting in the comments, what are you doing it for? Is it trust, rapport, relevance, fit, match? Are you trying to help somebody make a decision? Are they already really close to decision making, and you're trying to get them over the edge? Are you guys always clear in what that particular outcome is relative to the buyer's journey in all of your current marketing efforts? Have you do you have some clear definition in that way? No.
1: Uh, I mean, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it. I, I think awareness always, like, when, from a social media standpoint, my goal is always to drive awareness first. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing out content to try to bring in and pushing and putting that in groups and on other pages to to make our name known. Yeah. To know so that go Big Island on Facebook and go Big Island Life on Instagram are. Something that if you if you're searching Hawaii or if you follow several Hawaii pages, that we're included in that. Right. and so have a group, destination, Big Island, regard just that's literally about moving to the island. Mm-hmm. So that is all about awareness.. Cool. I would say the Facebook page, Go Big Island, is probably the, more the awareness mm-hmm. that the trust, rapport, and relevance probably comes more into play in the group. Someone has actually joined that group because it's about moving to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So, so now we're deep into the relevance.
0: Yep. Well, as, as well as the, the uh, newsletter is really a relevance. Right. And every, ever, I want to highlight something here. Every time you make a post about something that would be, that would reflect your approach, the, the values you place, I mean, even in your name, Go Big Island Life, you are emphasizing a a different sort of lifestyle for somebody to adopt with their with the, with their next property purchase decision right that right. right there if i were to go and survey 20 different realtors and and their marketing collateral it's going to look vastly different from what you guys are emphasizing. They may really emphasize business opportunities, or fishing, or golf. Or they may really emphasize certain certain benefits that a, that a, an investor would be able to reap. But you guys have a very particular niche that you're emphasizing. I I would I would advocate that I think you're ticking a lot of those boxes off in those posts that you're making, in the conversations, in the comments that you're engaging in. Um, you know, awareness is so far down the food chain um, in a buyer's journey that it almost happens by default. There's very little that is exclusively awareness, right? So if we're engaging with them, if you're engaging with them, you're building trust and rapport. You're you're showing the relevance. you're, You're kind of putting your brand forward and they're determining again, consciously or subconsciously, are these the guys I want to buy a house with? Right. right.
1: And any of the posts that we're posting that are, that are not real estate centric, for instance, lifestyle, we're, you know, we're posting when we're out snorkeling or we're posting a beautiful resort that we're, we're having a dinner or we're, we're posting scenery. That's all relevance. The goal yes. there is for people to look at that and go, I want
0: that. I want that. Yep. Okay. So if let's say they get through steps three or four here and again, this is, a, this is a very nimble kind of approach here. Uh, many different businesses and, and brands, sometimes there's like an education component in there. And that might sort of augment the, the relevance or the trust and rapport. But sometimes there are other little strategies or, or milestones that we can inject into a buyer's journey. But again, those are the four main components. Where do you think in that buyer's journey, the vast majority of your prospects get stuck? Where do they get off the train? Inventory. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. And I I would say fit. So that would fall under fit and match. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. No, that's for sure. Because, because many people have an idea of, of what they think it is to move here Uh and and how they can go about it and what's possible. Uh And we do our, we do a, a great deal of it's, it's a bit, it's a finesse conversation with people who have their idea of what it is to be here because you get here, and it's it's. I mean, it's twenty five hundred miles away from where they were. Yeah. If they were in California, you know, they come from Ohio or Texas or what have you. Yeah, like yet further, and, and and not to mention the consciousness distance of whatever it is that's going on here. And and there, there's a wide variety of of circumstances here that people can move into. So trying to understand, we have to work so much to really get to know people and. And it can be where they're like, well, I'm just looking to buy a house. <laughs> it's like, well, yes, that's true. But you're looking to buy a home somewhere completely different from where you live and you have an idea of it. We have to do some work to identify if what they want is possible, right? If it's reasonable and if it's accessible. And so so that's a bit where where we lose a, a fair. So when I say inventory, it's like, are you aware of what it is that you're shopping for? Yeah.
0: You're going, Bobby, <laughs> you're going plan. right into what I was kind of getting at is education can be kind of a subset of any of these particular milestones. Right. And so if that's, if that's where they're getting off the train is once they learn what this is actually going to involve, they're like, yep. oh shit, this is more than I was, I'm biting off more than I can actually chew or, or some variation of that. Yeah. Right. I think
1: there are also some that, that- they'll, they, they come to us and then they bounce to others. And, you know, I, I'd be interesting actually to track them. We have a lot of people who come to us and say, you know, here's what I want. And we say, boy, you know, that price point in that area, mm-hmm. well, just just only alert me if there's a good deal. Like I want a good deal. Uh I want to get in on a really good deal. And we're like, okay, this is not small town Arizona where people are selling their house for next to nothing because they just want out. This is paradise Mm -hmm. and everybody wants to come here and good deals are are few and far between. Mm-hmm. And and if you know someone, or if you have, you know, m- massive reach on the island, and you can get in right before somebody forecloses or something, there's can be occasionally a good deal. But for the most part, you're paying paradise prices. Yep. So and, and you're competing heavily with all the other people who want good deals.
0: See, I see that kind of reality check conversation with a prospect as a as a huge trust rapport builder because you're, you're, you're giving them the hard truth. I'm, I'm, I hope you're still interested, but yeah.
2: Right. You're so right. And, and yet how to do so and not turn somebody off, mm-hmm. right? How to do so in a, in a, this is the place where I mentioned finesse and, and I, we're still very much cultivating how to go about that. When in the conversation to have that with somebody right up front, um, because part of it is it can, when people are on the other side of the world and they're, they're communicating with us through email or mm-hmm. phone or text. Mm-hmm. How can we press in enough to say, I I need some more information from you. And they're like, well, I just want to buy a house. Like, you know, and so, so, okay. So maybe you're not the best fit for us because you're not open to our style of how, how we go about this. And that's mm-hmm. something that we're really working on. How do we establish that Initial questionnaire or the second month conversation the check in and and review what you say you're going for and what's happening here in the process. Do you
0: guys have a clear picture of exactly who your ideal customer is? We were just talking about uh, 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 avatars uh, yesterday. That's the term, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, about and, and we don't. Um, uh, it, it would be it would be very I mean, we so so you ask the question and I and, and I identify that we don't have something clear and sharp in place. And then Gretchen is like, well, we've been doing that in a certain way. And she's right. Mm-hmm. But I just know that it's not set and established. And so but we do have a pattern
0: of folks who, who we've worked with that that work well, that have worked well. Right. That's that's I think that's the well that you need to go to to identify where. Like those are the people that crossed that chasm of the buyer's journey, and they've gone from start to finish, and um, that particular demographic and psychographic, right? Where get where, where the demographics are the things that you can identify from a census form, right? It's the it's the age, race, gender. Um, uh, zip code. It's those. It's the demographics. Psychographics is what's going on in their head. What emotionally drives them. What what emotionally repels them, and being clear on both of those. The demographics, of course, and the psych. Maybe demographics are you guys particularly relate really really well to to Gen Xers, or you relate really really well to any particular demographic. That would be the first criteria to be really clear on. And there you go. That's one of the first elements of your, of your avatar or your ideal customer. And then starting to expound on that.
2: Because we, we connect with different demographics, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're both aligned that we're going into this particular demographic, one of us will have a more, a more um, inherent Alignment with that demographic than the other, and and the other, as you mentioned before, we do both have a great deal of agility. Can kind of find what we need to do, but it's really important. I think there's a great value in knowing where are we going and for and for what for what reason. Right. right. Which of our clients um, have executed the deal and the process. In a relatively seamless way. Now, everybody has different circumstances and we want to have the ability to work with people through a variety of difficult circumstances as well and challenges in the process. But can we look at and identify some specific characteristics of a client that's made the decision and made it happen? Versus those that have made the decision to want to be
0: here, versus <laughs> haven't crossed. That's the not grid. a sale. That's a waste of your time. That's what that no, is. No,
2: ex- exactly right. I, 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 but, I it also, be, it, but it also, but it could also be a matter of a client just not being ready right now. And so right. exactly. Right. And,
1: and so then we're just stuck in that trust report or and that relevance mm-hmm. for a little longer. Mm-hmm.
0: Until like, the inventory just, comes around, or or you can get them to cross the next one. until
1: they're they're ready or they realize they actually need to save up a little bit right. more for their down payment, or they realize that they've got to wait until their son graduates from high school. Right. Uh before they're just ready to actually leave. Sure. Or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of reasons, but they start looking and And, and we've had them come around when, you know, they've been looking for two years and we finally have them come around. And Mm so I always, I always get, I I get twitchy (laughs) and contrary. I can be contrary (laughs) when, when, when we start, when the conversation starts putting people in boxes or eliminating people because they don't fit certain criteria Mm -hmm. or like, you know, that's the place where I like to keep things, I guess, really, really broad and really open. And, and, and so far we've had ideal clients that have been young, single people. Mm -hmm. We've had ideal clients that have been families looking for a family home. And we've had ideal clients who come in and they go, we want to buy a condo. We've stayed in those condos before, just shoot us a video and then, and, and let's negotiate the price. Right. Obviously, I mean, those are (laughs) <laughs> fantastic right. we love those but there's not going to be as much of that rapport building as much of that much of that personality and that getting to know each other because they kind of already know what they want and we're just facilitating sure
0: it. i'd be curious if, if you were to survey the the last let's just say the last 20 deals that you were able to to get through if you were to survey all of them what would be the most common comment that they would make okay. oh my god you gotta go with bobby and gretchen because they what
1: uh, you know, interesting. I, I we have several friends who actually tag us on on social media uh-huh. and they say things about why, and 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 then going through our reviews, um, they we hear that that are you they talking feel trolls
0: like, or advocates? No, I'm just
1: kidding, <laughs> <laughs> right? We hear that they feel like they were treated like family, okay? Um, that we um, we that we were incredibly informative that we that you know we provide them with a lot of information in which they can make their decisions what are some of the other things that you've heard
2: i can see the value of reviewing what our clients have said about right. us to understand what they think we've done
1: right. well or, we're willing or, or to we're spend an enormous amount of time with them helping them yeah. make their decisions. we've heard which could be, and is, that, and is that in our best interest? <laughs> yeah, exactly, is that
2: in our best interest? I don't know. You know, where 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 have we crossed the line from from friendship to 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 representing our clients, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, these are the things that 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 are very hard. As so, Dan, you know you know us very well to to be relationally driven in a business. Where is it that we identify that we're spending? more time than is required for our business if we've already established the relationship right right uh, you know and and i and that's that's a that's a really challenging place to
0: look at um I'm going and, to, uh, I'm going to encourage you to do that. I'm interrupting you only just to make this point. I'm going to encourage you to do that because there's a finite number of hours in the day. Absolutely. Right? And, and yeah. you have to be very clear on what's working and what's not. What, what is your brand identification in such a yeah. way? Three things that you just mentioned right at the top, treated like family, go to Bobby and Gretchen. They treat, they treat you like family. It's you like family here. They're very informed and knowledgeable <laughs> and they're very invested in us as our client. That almost overlaps with the family piece. They're like that. They're. Each one of those, you're really, uh, well, the, fir- the first one and the third, treated like family and very invested in us as clients. That's, again, very relational, one of your strengths, for sure. Very informed and knowledgeable. That's an important element, uh, again, of course. And so when you can isolate the parts of a marketing strategy that work the best for you, those are the stock picks for you. Those are the ones you need to put more of your resources toward. Again, yep. if you're trying to build friends, great. Go build as many friends as you want. But if you're going to be investing exactly. business time and business resources in hopes of closing <laughs> the sales and making deals, right. you've got to be hard and, and a little more committed to the ideal client that is worthy of your business investment time. Yeah. Yeah. Figure out yeah, what's and- working and what and what's not and, and respond accordingly.
1: Right, right. And, and we, you know, we have multiple friends who, who are, who have been in the business for many years and, and, and they, they do exactly that. I mean, they turn down business or, you know, we have, we have, sometimes they even will refer business to us mm-hmm. because it's like, I don't work that side of the Island or, you know, they're looking for something specific and I'm not a special, I don't specialize in that. And it, I feel like there's a, there's a certain amount of time. Like we, I would still consider us in the business building phase Absolutely. and, and turning down a client that takes a lot of time when, when knowing when they finally do close, this could be a $15,000 commission, but you know, so that's a, that's a tough, that can be a really tough decision for me for like, turning someone away because that's not the specific work I want to do or I feel like it took too many hours. Right. Those are those can be the things that that I think can give realtors bad names. Like, oh, they just want the quick and the, you know, the deals that are halfway done. Oh, I agree. That they don't want to do the hard work. And 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 people have this conception of like, well, you're just, you know, you're just facilitating the negotiation and you make 15 grand. That's easy money. Well, let's look at the you know, twenty-seven houses we showed you, and the three clients before <laughs> you decided not to buy at it all. It's four dollars and twenty cents clients.
0: an hour. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah. I want to uh, mention a an outstanding resource for especially for people with your approach when it's about relationships and relationship building. Um, it's a, it's a book by Mo Bunnell is his name. It's called the snowball system, how to win more business and turn clients into raving fans. I don't get anything from any of these books or resources I ever talked about. I just find them to be really useful. Check out Mo Bunnell. Okay. How can you
1: leverage this? Let's discuss.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mo yeah.
0: Bunnell has, um, a, a just a, but he's prolific. You should check out his YouTube channel for resources on relational selling. And uh, look, almost everybody has an issue with the term or the concept of selling, right? Because we've all had such miserable experiences in various contexts in our lives. And what I really dig about Mo ben Al and his approach, and again, this abundance of resources that are there on YouTube and by his book too to support <laughs> the abundance of resources, is how to him, and, and I like to use this this term as well is it's matchmaking, right? right? They have a need and I have a specialty for delivering on needs just like that and cultivating that in such a way that, uh, like you said, sometimes this is farming. This isn't hunting. You have a relationship that it's going to be two, three years before it bears any fruit. And that's, that's the farming approach. Just make sure you're farming the right crops right uh, and 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 you're cultivating those relationships again if you want to make friends go make all the friends you can a, a afford in time but when it comes to your business activities being discriminating in the choices you're making for how you're spending that time where you're spending those resources time money and energy is going to i think get you a lot better bang for your buck on those resources and and identifying what those are if it's a relationship that you're building and you know that their reach of of other contacts and other people that would make I- ideal clients. You know they have a really broad reach. Well, keep them at the top of your list, of course, as a, as again as a business contact. And if they don't and you still want to be friends with them, by all means, right? Continue to continue whatever and 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 help them and work them in the incredibly generous way that you guys are with your relationships. But bang for buck on marketing, I, I'll I emphasize it one more time being really clear on what works and what doesn't. And unfortunately, this often requires some metrics, some data, some very specifics, and this might be, by the way, a great opportunity for outsourcing some of this stuff to cull through your data, to identify the clients that you have, what their demographics, maybe personality types are, what means do they have available to them, where are they coming from, any of those different criteria that would help you to um, be more precise, in where you should be spending those finite resources is going to, it's leverage. It's going to get you a lot more bang for your buck. What are you guys' thoughts about that? I've, I'll get off my soapbox on that one.
1: Yeah. I i mean, it makes, it makes perfect sense. I think, you know, obviously there's one commonality for every client that we have, and that is they're interested in, in Island
0: life. Yeah. A and lifestyle. so,
1: a lifestyle, uh, they're interested in, in the same things that drew us here. So we already were starting, you know, w- w- instead of like, if we, if we were selling, let's say, in Oregon, and, and, and we were doing real estate in Oregon, there'd be so many different demographics, and many of the people already live there and just moving from house to house. So there's not necessarily right up front a commonality that we can find, right? We have a beautiful luxury of Boom! We already know the first commonality. Right. Let's talk about lifestyle. Let's talk about living in paradise. Right.
0: They have an appetite for change. They have a certain leisure or value Correct. system that they want. Right.
1: Correct. They're they're considering taking some risks mm-hmm. and, and and packing up everything and moving and and we know how exciting and exhilarating that is and that must feed them as well.
2: Or they don't. We're talking to a husband and wife prospect, and and all of a sudden, um, one of the partners says yeah, but I don't know if I want to move so far away from my grandchildren or my children. That's a really a key indicator. We're going to send you all the information and, and connect with you and give you what you ask for, but we may not put a great deal right. of effort into that until we've had another conversation. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we, we've gotten over that obstacle. We realize that's
0: not an issue. They're going to come visit, live with us or visit us or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So, so after this uh, reality check and, and you send that if you're still interested, we're here. We'll talk you through the process and help you navigate some of these changes and some of this risk that you're taking. But in the meantime, it would, again, help shrink that list of the the more likely prospects than the unlikely ones. You could vet those maybe earlier in that pipeline, perhaps. Right. I'm, I'm proposing that's...
1: Yeah, it, because, it, because it actually ends up, if if we don't vet those, we're actually we do become more of a salesperson because you don't really sell real estate, right? Like people, we show people right. homes, think about the homes they love. We talk about the pros and the cons and, 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 and if we're good at what we do, we emphasize the cons because we want eyes wide open. Yep. If we're having to sell them on moving here and that's, even, that's way before really where our job should be beginning. Right. We should be beginning that the,
2: well, we end up spending so much time doing what we could do to get
0: them further. Right. To yeah. make the decision to not do so. Right. Th- exactly. To they were never going to do it. They were never going right. to do it. If once you know, as soon as they find out what the, what this is actually going to involve, if you could figure that out sooner than later, again, that would yeah. save your resources. And look, this isn't just for the sake of like, being the sharpest salespeople in the room. It's also, you do have other prospects, other people who are deserving of your time, who, you know, you can make their dreams come true. And if you're wasting your time on people who aren't willing and able to do what it's going to take to make that leap to Hawaii, um, right. you're, you're denying those other prospects, your talents. Right. Okay. In an effort to, to help us sort of draw to a close here. The, I, I want to point out the theme that has been present through the whole conversation that I've had the pleasure the of being on today. Uh, no, wait, what is F focus?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a five letter F word is what's required of focus is the ability and willingness to say no. And that's, excruciating for some folks. It is. Right? It is. You have to say no to other opportunities that aren't the ones you should be focusing on. It 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 requires that you say no to prospects who you know they're not going to go anywhere. They're wasting their time and yours. And frankly, the customers who are willing to say yes if you could actually find the time to invest in them. And being able to say no, now no is a very difficult word for most people. And I, I'd propose this. Oftentimes No is best couched if you can say, No, not me. No, not now. (laughs) No, not ever, of course, sometimes is one. But there are other ways that you could
1: not like that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: You could steer them to other places. There's right. Right. So it's no not me, but I can find you somebody else. It's no not now, but once you're at this decision point, give me a call again or let me know and we'll we'll reconnect and we'll find you that thing. Or it's just you know uh, no I don't think we're we're actually the ones to to hook you up here
2: yeah and 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 no not dinner or happy hour and we'll be happy to send you information happy to keep you posted on what's available but we don't need to cultivate the a, a, a life relationship like that's like that's part of what I'm seeing here like there there are there are clients that we have will identify that it may not be a
0: fit to spend a great deal of time together. We're here strictly to give you real estate information. Right. right. Uh, I'll lean into this one more time. You two are two of the most generous people I've ever had the privilege, uh, privilege of knowing in my life. And I don't just blow smoke up your skirt here. That's not my style. And and in not honing your ability to say no in whatever creative way you need to, to the opportunities again that abundance of opportunities that are out there in not honing your your ability and having the discipline and the focus to say no to those things that are not worth your time you're denying those who will be worthy of saying yes to because you're too distracted from one thing or another whether it's your marketing strategy or where you're putting your efforts in the business but saying no to the things that are enticing they're they're i mean that's why it it's it It's a distraction. You see the potential in it. That's again, one of your strengths. And if the, and if you don't have a leash on that ability to find opportunity in things and recognize where you're going to get the bang for the buck, you're denying so many people of your generosity because, you know, you're moving a thousand things an inch instead of one thing a mile. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. That's a really astute way to look at it.
0: Yeah, that's great, Dan. Thank you. Well, it's a privilege to know you guys, and and to even have this conversation with you. And uh, as if I've got anything to teach you guys, we should be flipping the tables on on this in in uh, uh, this conversation. So, if you didn't learn anything, hopefully, some listeners got a couple of ideas about a marketing strategy and about their own business as well.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I and I, I am kind of inclined to. I know you kind of be demure uh, and and deferring uh, a little of the the value that you bring enormous amount of things. There's so much that we covered. much. Um, you know, there was some, some marketing discussion, but really the, the bit about the essentialism and, and identifying um, some places to really focus on, uh, what matters and where, where we may be giving ourselves away in order to feed some other aspect of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is not, it's compartmentalized separate from the business and to be just really clear
0: about that. Yeah. And, and that's, that's enormously valuable. Well, to all of our listeners and to everybody who uh, uh, loyally follows the Clearing Obstacles podcast, I want to thank you for your attention, your time, uh, of your resources. Hopefully it's valuable to you and make sure if you are ever in uh, the South Pacific region that you're looking up, Go Big Island Life, Bobby and Gretchen, Harttown. Thank you guys very much for your time today. Love you.
2: Thank, you, thank you so much. Go Big Island Life on
0: Instagram and on Facebook, Go Big Island. Perfect. And com. Look in the show notes for the resources and the places where you can find Bobby and Gretchen outside we of. We appreciate this you, Dan. Like Aloha. So Aloha. Aloha. We hope you've gotten the value you were looking for on today's episode. And if you want more like this, please subscribe to the Clearing Obstacles podcast on your favorite listening platform. You can go to clearingobstacles.com for more information. And there, you'll find links to other episodes, as well as how you can get in touch with us to set up your own customized coaching experience on a regular basis to clear your own obstacles. Your business should serve your life. So let us help you get there from here because nobody should do this on their own. We also want to thank you for listening and gratefully acknowledge everyone who helped make this podcast possible. And a special thanks to our supreme assistant and navigator, Noah Wertheiser, to Arctic E for the brilliant musical themes of clearing obstacles, and to the team at Hivecast for your amazing work and legendary patience.